Hello and welcome to According to John. Today, oh my goodness, man. Today is going to be a little bit heavy of a topic, but uh, we're going to... Um, Man, we're just going to do the best with it we can. We're wrap it up with victory in Jesus. That, that is what we have to do. If we don't put That's our job, if we don't put this with victory in Jesus, man, it would be depressing as crap. Tell <laughs> me the topic here, dude. So the topic is: What does the Bible say about self harm, self mutilization, and cutting? Mm -hmm. That's a big issue, man. <clears throat> Who'd have thunk it? There are so many people that are cutting. I was. Uh, especially younger generation there, you know, if, if you pull up their sleeves or their pant legs and, and they just got scars one right after the other, just, just where they keep cutting themselves. And especially frightening when it's on uh, the wrist, it gets around, on the uh, wrist, uh, it, around the, the, the arteries and things like that. Yeah. It's boy. You know, when I was going in high school, if you'd have used the word cutting, nobody would have had a clue what you were even talking about, but we're in a totally different world now. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, I mean, we're going to talk about self-harm, obviously, self-mutilization or, or cutting. But, you know, I think more streamlined today is cutting. But still, people are doing things to, them, to their bodies that they can hide, they can cover, self-mutilization, um, where they're just trying to feel something. They're just yeah. trying to uh, uh, get in touch with themselves, if you will. And, uh, and realize they're still human. We're going to try to cover it from A to Z. Yeah, let's pray, brother. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come before you, realizing that this is a topic uh, that so many struggle with. Father, and, and as the days go on, uh, the heaviness grows into people, and, and the more the heaviness grows, the more they want to disappear and become a recluse. And then the more they need to be in touch with some sort of feelings. And Father, this is where this self-mutilization and self-harm, the cutting, and all that comes from. Lord, I just pray that you would give us clarity of thought, clarity of speech. And Father, for all those listening, you give clarity of hearing. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I jump in with my yeah? I'm, I'm gonna here? yeah. I'm gonna I want to give this to you here in just a second. But set it up for me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to. Uh, I want you guys, to, as you listen to this today, and, and our goal is to share it with uh, compassion and give you information and hope. And, and there's going to be some things that we're going to say. And I, I know, I know, uh, especially when we get to the part that, you know, according to the scriptures, much of the self-mutilization in the Bible is related to pagan idol worship and and so when uh, and it's demonic behavior guys listen as as we get into that i'm just setting it up right now but as we get into that you have to hang in there and listen to what we have to say so that you can get the whole picture and then hopefully get victory if you're struggling with this and uh if you're not struggling with it but you know somebody that is uh, hopefully we'll give you answers to to help them uh, your friends or whoever it is to get victory. So as we go through this, just hang out there with us and, and uh, hopefully it will be good. Brother, uh, start it out for well, us, if you this, will. This is not a spirit of condemnation, I think, to summarize everything you said. This, yeah. this is a spirit of exhortation. 
this is coming alongside hurting people yeah. and, and, and trying to just wrap our hearts uh, in truth. It's only truth will set people free. But when you introduced this topic to me, uh, we had uh, back uh, a couple months ago or so did a thing on tattoos. I thought, this is the same thing. And, and at first, initially, and then I thought about it like, holy cow, no, tattoos are more of a fad and their fashion and right. people get a tattoo and they want people to see it. And they talk about your tattoos. And you know, we, we kind of walked all the way through that on a podcast and I thought, well, this is kind of the same thing. And then, wow, no, way, way, way deeper. It is so much uh, de- because <clears throat> tattoos, like you said, they're a fad and you get what you like and you're like, yeah, yeah, this is cool or whatever. Tattoos aren't done in the dark. Perfectly said. This is uh this is something that's done in the dark. Yep. This is done when people are alone. This isn't somebody that they go, Hey, look at my 10 new cuts. <laughs> right. No, this is, is, this is dark. This is very dark. And it's, uh, it, it, there's kind of humans minus the hope and joy of God mm. and the peace of God, which path is understand people are facing a very difficult world without knowing who I am, why I'm here, where I'm going, how does the world work? How do I fit into this? All they get is discouragement and put down and shamed and parading in front of them in the, in the media on well, TV. And, the and most you know, beautiful, let me finish. Go ahead, I'm sorry. The most beautiful people. And then they look in the mirror and you know, nobody lives up to that. Go to Walmart and look around. Right. You'll feel better. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's for you, Johnny. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> I'll pull him out of the trenches. In the meantime, I'm going to continue to suck because, hey, it, this is a heart. This is a heart to help. Amen, bro? <laughs> Got to have a moment of levity. <laughs> this is as bad as the Adam's belly button or not. You know? You okay? I'm good. So people. Go to Walmart. <laughs> go to Walmart. Look around. You'll feel better. That's good preaching. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's look at reality compare ourselves to reality we'll fi- we'll be fine you look at that's like, true that's this, true that this fake perfection that the media i always feel better when us. i go to walmart <laughs> <laughs> but people are overwhelmed man you get kids in school yeah. they don't know god they don't know the they don't know the yeah. peace that passeth understanding and, and they're facing this world they have they don't have the Holy but, Spirit inside of them and they're they're overwhelmed and they land here how about this now that we're uh, making kids wear masks, what they're doing is they're losing their identity. Oh yeah! Now they don't know who they are. They don't know who their classmates are. They don't know who they're. They don't know who anybody is, right? <clears throat> and they go home, and if they don't have a good home life, uh, these kids literally are going to become emotionally unstable, and they're going to become mentally. And emotionally disconnected from from reality, a little leaven leaveneth a whole lump, and when when it's not addressed, and I think in its foundation, it's spiritual, right? But you, it's hard to separate spiritual and emotional. They they are tied they're, they're tied together. They're tied. God created man in a triunity, body, soul, and spirit, and it's mm-hmm. it, there's a un, there's a it's it's not well that's a spiritual problem, and right. emotionally we'll be fine. No you got to face it all. And the thoughts that came to me at first, I wrote down, 
this is way beyond. Cutting is not fashion mm. or fad. Cutting is literally demonic. You see it in Scripture. And I know this is, you're all prepared to, he's going to walk you through from A to Z, Old Testament, New Testament. This is uh, the, the thought that came to me, because I'm a prophecy junkie, you know that. Right. And, um, I, I've studied prophecy for almost 50 years now. And the Bible talks about at the time of the end that there'll be seducing spirits. And that's what we're talking about here. Seductive spirits, what God cherishes, mm-hmm. Satan despises. You know, it, uh, in my experience, it's been mostly girls. It's been 10 to 1 girls. You know, here's the crazy thing. <clears throat> Now you take some of these girls, right? Listen, there's some girls that are absolutely stunning. They're beautiful, but they feel like they're ugly. They feel like they're ugly, and and you can tell them all day long. They don't listen to you. They won't hear it, no. and I don't get that. Yeah. Um, you know, I I don't get how how you can look at someone and and remind them of their value and. You just look at them. You go, "You're so beautiful," and and all they they look in the mirror. And they almost and get angry at you for saying that. Yeah, they don't even get it. Uh, the, As a I matter of fact, they'll ask you, uh, or they'll say, uh, "I don't see how I don't I don't see it," or, or "How can you think that?" I it just the I think the answer is the scripture. I think it's First Corinthians four four. In whom the God of this world, little G Satan, has blinded, blinded the minds. Literally blind. What is sacred to God? These beautiful young gals, and it seems like it starts happening around eleven, twelve, thirteen. Right. Kind of puberty as they're kind of going from childhood to adolescence. And it seems to be the time frame when it begins. And, uh, and of course, it's going to go younger and younger. But that which is sacred to God is is despised by Satan. And and they're literally made to to feel good. And now you're going into this, this the psychology of mm-hmm. this, to feel good, to hurt that and harm that which God loves and is sacred to him. Yep. So, but, but they can't listen if they don't see God. They they can't see the goodness that God created them in. That that's the only answer to this, and I've dealt with this a lot in the last yeah. twenty years. A lot, and yeah. some of the sweetest gals growing up, even in Christian homes, uh, the the influence of the world and and uh, television media, just the the youth culture. Is just saying, you know, it's telling them you're dumb, you're ugly, your mother dresses you funny, you have no value, you, you know, you're a loser, and they start believing it, and then they think they're doing themselves, right. uh, just they're in despair. You just said that one of the things that I that I find interesting is dads are out of the picture now, or seem to be not not. And listen, I know some of you are still hanging in there. God bless you, keep hanging in there. So I'm not saying all dads. But the majority of dads are out of the picture or they're so caught up in themselves and their world that they've forgotten about their children. And man, as, as much as you may not want to believe this and Duke, you know, I'm right. Our children get their identity from us. Yes, they do. They get their security from the dad. They get, listen, if dad says they're ugly and they're failures, guess what they're going to. Mm-hmm. Now, some of them, obviously, some will be like, oh, I'll show him he, he's wrong. Uh, but look how it. It's how the it, pattern. There's exceptions. There's exceptions. But, but it is clearly, uh, any psych, uh, you know, especially biblical mm-hmm. psychologists will, will yep. agree. The, yeah. Even secular will agree. On Absolutely. This yeah. Listen, listen, if, if, dad, epidemic. if dad doesn't teach his daughter 
what love is, she'll go out and look for it in all the wrong places. And in the backseat of a car, she's going to get lust, not love, and it's going to make things go from bad to worse. And, and she'll keep following that pattern mm-hmm. for years, possibly, mm-hmm. uh, until she either grabs hold of herself and refuses to live that way anymore, or uh, until her dad uh, 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 gives steps up. Steps up, yeah, and and and. Um, validates her. Yeah, Johnny, I, you know, we think, well, well, in the world, yes, and then, well, in the church, I did a survey in my own church. Uh, I, I do, I work with the kids as often as I possibly can. I was doing junior church one day since I've been on the road when I'm home. Oftentimes I do junior church and I looked around and, you know, we had maybe, uh, maybe 80 kids and I looked around and said, well, how many of these are from broken homes and dad and mom are not together? 55% in my church mm-hmm. were it wasn't well, and here's the crazy thing that is consistent with divorce because right now divorce rate in the world is 54 to 55 percent Yeah, in and, the world and in the church and in the church we're glad to receive these people in sure. and give them the gospel and start rebuilding get jesus on the throne and he'll start fixing some things that are wrong but it's the last days culture is has been taken away it's been almost captured by the enemy and um this when when the enemy has the minds of a child and takes away the, you know, the Jesus loves me, this I know. I, I knew that song before, way before I knew Jesus. My mom took right, me to a liberal right. church. I didn't know Jesus as my Savior. But I knew that song, Jesus loves me, this I know. And I remember when I was, like, tripping my brains out and thought I might die. And, uh, as, you know, in, in back in the late 60s and early 70s as an adolescent, just being crazy, reckless with my life. But I'd sing that song when I was maybe paranoid from, from a drug, uh, you know, overdose, whatever. I knew Jesus was a real person and that he really loved me. And it, it comforted me, even though I didn't know comprehend Jesus. it. Yeah, yeah. These people today have no clue. We, well, because nobody's even telling them about Jesus. And uh, we, I got, work, read, we I, got work to do, bro. This morning, I just, I read, a, I read this article this morning. And in the article, it talked about how they, uh, how this company, um, Listen to listen to fifty thousand different uh, sermons from all around the United States, from all different kinds of churches, and there was only one type of church that preached Jesus: evangelical churches. Mm-hmm. And even then, that was minimal. They've nobody's um, talking about it. And Jesus is the answer. He's the only thing we got. The only thing that sets people free, whether it. Yeah, whatever the addiction is, right? It's 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 truth. Only truth sets people free, and Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah, and so um, at the human level, the cutters are screaming their emptiness. Um, they are showing their despair. They're feeling no one cares about me. I have no value. It's a cry for help. Well, and and here's the other thing: the majority. And this is the majority of people, whether we like to believe it or not. When, when someone is screaming for help and they're in pain and they're struggling and there's trouble and so on and so forth. Today, people run. They, they run from them because we don't want to get personally involved because it's going to require something from us. Yeah. Or we're so inept at how to help someone that that scares us and we run. Mm-hmm. But either way, we leave the person alone. 
which yeah. makes it which even is worse. The worst. It, it worsens it. Yeah, exactly. So I think people of faith, people who really know Jesus, should zoom in on this. That's why we're doing a podcast, right? Right. But, uh, in in life, you know, you see a child that's struggling, and I know in our youth group, man, when when we see these things start to manifest themselves, we go after these mm-hmm. kids. We get uh, with the parents. We we show the the child, you are valuable. We we you did this in darkness. We're pulling you in close. We're gonna we're gonna overwhelm you with love. You right. are awesome. You are worth it. We are there for you, and they don't get it. Right. They don't even believe us, right. but we still do it because it's the right thing to do. <laughs> so I had a. Uh, someone coming to my church here a few months ago uh, that that uh, was an addict, and they invited me out to lunch, and I was like, "Yeah, sure, man, I'll, I'll go out to lunch with you." <clears throat> so we go out to lunch, and the person said, "You know, you know what? Uh, it was a man because I don't I don't go out to lunch alone with a lady, so it was a man." Anyway, he said, uh, "Do you know what really hit me?" I said, "No, what was that?" He said. I came to your church and you looked at me and you said, Hey, so glad to see you here. I love you. Thank you for being here. That's why I went back to church the second time. Somebody told me that at Cook Road Baptist, uh, the, this second Sunday night of May, 1972. And I never forgot it. Yeah. The, the impact that I, that, that happened to him was thank you for being here. I love you. And he said, you, because I, I, I just went up to him and said it. It wasn't like uh, we were having a conversation or whatever. As a matter of fact, he was getting ready to leave. And as he was passing by, I stopped him and told him that. He said, that was so powerful, so impactful. Those words. You told him, you have value, value. here. I care about you. Yeah. My calling is all about you. Mm-hmm. God brought me here for you. This is not a chance encounter. This is a divine right. uh, uh, connection. But but think about the importance of just a, helping someone to feel appreciated, loved, welcomed. I mean, just think about that just for a second. Seed planted. <sighs> It makes massive difference. Hey guys, so so let's let's get started on the scriptures here. On self mutilization, usually or self harm, it is related to pagan idol worship, and those who are self injuring, or, or uh, those who have a friend or loved one who is who's struggling with harming, uh, self harming behaviors. I want you to know that you can find truth and hope and encouragement in God's word, and so today. It's Duke and I's goal to help you see that and help get you there. Because if you don't have, if this if this podcast, if we can't take you where you need to be, then then Duke, you and I have failed. Mm-hmm. Well, you're armed. We have failed, and we don't want to fail. Uh, Duke and I both have this innate desire to win. <laughs> I, I love winning. Yeah. And, and if I can help you win, winning I win. souls, right? Woo-hoo. Yeah. Cause we nobody win. loses when you nobody. win souls, everybody nobody. wins except the devil. <clears throat> yeah. And, uh, yeah, we, we like that. Okay. So, uh, in the old Testament, self mutilization was a common practice among false religions. And so, uh, first Kings eighteen twenty four through 29, 
it describes a ritual that they would do to obtain what they wanted. I guess that's fair. Here we go. In uh, uh, 24, 1 Kings 18.24. Then you call on the name of your gods. and Okay, let's set this up because this is... Elijah, prophets of Baal, (laughs) confrontation, game on, God versus Satan, prophets of Baal, and the people are all pagans. I'll set it up, man. I love no, this. No, you do it. I'm can I, it can I set it up? It's all yours. Okay, dude. And, <laughs> all and, yours. Uh, <laughs> uh, they hate the prophet Elijah. Now it's time. God had said, hide thyself. I'll be with you privately. And then a little bit with the widow. And now it's time to go public. Show thyself. This is a big God event. God's got stuff up his sleeve. And so everybody, a crowd gathers up on Mount Carmel. And uh, they're going to have a God contest, uh, uh, a fire off on the altar. You build the altar to Baal, I'll rebuild the altar of God, and we'll put the sacrifice there, and you call upon your gods uh, to bring fire, and I'll call upon my gods. See who wins. Yes. Take over, dude. I've actually been on top of Mount Carmel. I have, too. I know you have. You've been there three times. Yeah, I would say way more than I was only there once. But how cool is it? Same place. Verse 24. Then you call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. In other words, I accept the challenge. Yeah, yeah bring it on. Our, our <laughs> gods are awesome. We walked on hot coals without burning our feet. We, we know these guys. These, these spirits are real. They'll be there for us. Dude, I love this passage anyway you now like good fights this, know, is great, this is a great god fight <laughs> this is a a, a, a mixed martial art fight on mount elijah or mount, mount elijah mount yeah. carmel i love elijah this. And the prophets yeah because elijah elijah's tough dude he's the gloves genius. are off right johnny dude he was a solid challenge in there with so much confidence in his god mm-hmm. amen but the crazy thing so were they yeah Good. So were they. Great point. Huge crowd gathers are watching all this. So 25. Now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bull for yourselves and prepare it first for you are many and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. <clears throat> right? Because their God is supposed to light the fire. They're going to, they're going to witness a miracle. That's so they took, belief. yeah. So they took the bull, which was given them and they prepared it and called on the name of Baal from morning, evening till noon saying, Oh, Baal, hear us. But there was no voice. No one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made. And then we go to verse 27. And so it was at noon that Elijah, (laughs) I'm sorry. I love Elijah. Anyway, so that Elijah mocked them and said, cry aloud for he is a God. Either he is meditating or he is busy or he is on a journey or perhaps he is sleeping and must be awakened. Go ahead and say what that one version paraphrase version says it says maybe your god's on the toilet (laughs) it's not my favorite version but it is funny it's hilarious we'll go go with this the mockery is it just shows more mockery as all it does right yeah and and on a toilet is where he's maybe he's busy Mm. but maybe he's on the toilet any rate verse 28 so they cried aloud and then here you go they cut, cut themselves, themselves as was their custom. It's part of their system, part of their act of worship. With knives and lances until the blood gushed out on them. 
And when midday was past, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. And that's where they're left on the bottom. They've done everything. They, and now they it just... They're a mess. Now they've lost blood. They say, I never noticed before. Gushed, gushed. Out of them. That's not just. There's a difference between bleeding. And they're probably hitting some arteries if it's they gushing. Got, they got so desperate for their God to do something that they sac- uh, sacrificed themselves. And that's kind of making a statement about the true living God who loves them. That they're really despising God, and I think that's where we're at as a culture today. We dis- the culture despises God. Those who follow God, what they call us deplorable, they call us homophobes. Uh, they're talking about internment camps for people like us to reprogram us. Good luck. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? But text kind of shows they're not just supporting their God; they're defying the real God. Ex- yeah, so, and and you can't do one without the other. Yeah, if you're not for me, Jesus said, "You're against me." Yeah. God made a law against this sort of practice, Leviticus 19.28, which we also used when we talked about tattoos. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's where God said, hey, listen, do not do what's customary of the people. You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor tattoo any marks on you. I am the Lord. What he's really saying is, you're my representative. Act like it. Mm-hmm. Don't act like the world and, and the lost. I made your body. Don't mess it up. Don't mess it up. The New Testament cutting oneself was associated with someone who was possessed by demons. Now, that's even bigger, in my opinion, because now you're not your own. You are possessed by Satan. Yeah, it goes from satanic influence, which is obviously there, yep. to satanic control. And, and possession. possession and control. Yeah. yeah. I want to interject this thought here. I, I, I do a lot of jail ministry. I've uh, been doing it forever. I'm just trying to do the math in my mind. Uh, uh, four hours a week. Uh, 52 weeks of the year for 30 years. I mean, it's several thousand hours in the jail to thousands of inmates. And we, this topic comes up. I mean, we, we don't, it comes to us. Oh yeah. And it yeah. sometimes takes over a thing. 70% of the gals in jail have gone through cutting 70%. Isn't that crazy? Sad. 70%. 70%. 90% have been abused, mostly sexually. Yeah. And and that's a deep wound, man. Yeah. Because that is so... Makes me hate Satan. It's so Watch personal. Watch what he does to people. And I want to come in and, and cherish and cherish these hurting women. And, and uh, they just have such low self-esteem. And uh, we care. We care. Yeah. We care. We're not here to condemn. The Bible says, he that believeth not is condemned already. We, we want to come into those who are condemned and say, hey, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus God to, loves you. Jesus wants to fix this for you. Yeah. New Testament cutting oneself was possession by demons. Mark 5, 22 through 5. Mark 5, 2 through 5. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. Now notice it says out of the tombs. I love that word because it says a man come out of where the dead bodies are kept. Yeah, obsession with death, obsession with darkness. Ident- Isn't that crazy? A, 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 yeah. with, with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him. In other words, no one could restrain him, not even with chains. Uh, Superhuman power demonstrated, and unsafe people would watch this evidence of uh, the superhuman 
and it caused them to fear. Yeah. And well, because look, even if a chain won't bind you or keep you in place, then nothing will. I've seen missionaries take video, t- video of uh, demonic worship in these pagan uh, things where they would take uh, machetes and literally, I, I almost hate to bring this up, but th- this is the power of Satan to those right. that worship him. And people sit back, oh, let those people be. They're so happy. And then look at their dances and their costumes. These people are under bondage. Yes. They're yeah. doing this out of fear and they'll slit their gut wide open. I mean, just slit their gut open and, and the blood and entrails begin to just come out and all of a sudden it's all healed. I've seen these things. It's like, I, that can't be true. And I've seen it. Missionary guys I went to Bible college with right. went into these places and they brought their, and then the people will say, well, can your God do that? And, uh, and they're like, well, my God gives me common sense not to do something <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's yeah, the like, well, yeah, if your God look, is so look, great, you look. do it and let him heal you up. Yeah. yeah. You see, Satan knows how to work. Yeah. Now he can't do that down at the local mall and have the TV stations come in because everybody would freak out if they saw that. Well, and, and then they'd all and go then to when, church the next day and ask their preacher, "What? What did I witness? Right. Well, you witnessed the power it of Satan." And it doesn't mean they'd believe anyway. No, no. But I mean, this is the stuff that was happening front lines, right. demonic uh, uh, activity at the time of Christ. Literally, and of course, there it is. It's so clear. Old Testament, New Testament. Cutting is demonic it's influence. Demonic, and it goes on in verse four because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. Verse five, and always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. Interesting how demonic possession. One of the biggest things, really the main part of hurting himself was cutting. Forget what tool you're, and, and by the way, cutting yourself with stones is like arrowheads. They were, they were stones made into very sharp, sharp yeah. objects. Yeah. So it would almost been like a knife or a razor blade. It wasn't a, a dull stone. It was one that was right. It wasn't a crushing blow. It was a lancing blow. Yeah. And it was, it was uh, a stone that was chiseled to be a sharp knife, but it's cutting, right? And so we see that in New Testament, demonic uh, uh, cutting oneself uh, was uh, someone who was possessed by demons. It was demonic behavior. And, and I'm not saying, listen, if you're cutting, let me, let, me, let me add this in. If you're cutting yourself, I'm not saying that you are possessed. What I'm saying is you are doing behavior of someone who would be possessed. You are, I would say, you are being oppressed with the lies of an enemy. That's a fair statement. Who hates you, wants to destroy you, and when you get the truth of of, of the love of God, then truth is greater than the lies, and you'll see through it, and you begin to see your own preciousness. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, and uh, you can your body is is wants to be God wants your body to be His temple to live inside of you, and right. the, the whole all that cutting will just go away. It, and not only that, but the scars will heal up too, because that's what Jesus does, man. And I'm talking emotional scars, not the physical. Well, I've the physical seen, will or could. I've seen gals that went through this who really found their way to Jesus. I mean, all the way, and they go in and they're talking to a group of junior high girls that 
some of them are cutting and they're they're just looking down and you know they're not they don't want to hear how beautiful they are and how god much god loves them they're just and then all of a sudden the gal who's had victory pulls up her sleeve and those girls see the physical scars mm-hmm. they're all healed but there's still evidence yeah evidence and now those those little girls are listening well because you really did do this and somebody is bringing them hope yeah self-harm is literally uh deliberate harm to one's body as a way to deal with emotional pain anger or frustration some describe feeling numb and harming themselves just to feel something let me interject this right here johnny because as we in our preparation john led me through these things and this information comes from cutters it comes thank you it's great this isn't something that our observation this is listening to them and 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 johnny has summarized what they're saying Mm -hmm. and so we're just agreeing with them and we want to come to the rescue yeah uh for some uh the physical pain uh induced by this self-injury that they're doing uh it functions as a release even though it's just brief you know i mean but they get a uh release yeah when i got when i when i got wasted i did it to escape my world exactly and this is the same thing uh it gives them a release of emotional pain you use the word temporary it's very, momentary yeah just 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 for a moment it, uh, so short-lived uh for others the physical physical pain is a distraction from the emotional pain mm-hmm. yep that they're struggling with or, or, or they're trying uh, that, that they're feeling. They just want to, they just want a break in it. Here's the funny thing. I, yesterday I had, I had my plates full and getting stuff done and I know, and, and I'm getting it done. It's just, you know, sometimes things roll in and you, you just got to deal with them. There's nothing you can do. And it, and you know, everybody gets overloaded with work and you gotta, you gotta get it done and then your schedule's cleaned up and you can move on with a normal life. Well, yesterday, Yesterday, I just hit a wall. I, I have a, a funeral coming up uh, tomorrow, one. and um, it's someone I love, and I love the family, and, you know, it's in our church, and so our church is struggling, and people in the church are struggling. and Your and hearts are ripped out. Oh, my goodness, man. And so... You, we, we cried together last week. Just We did. It just as a, the initial reality hit, just it was fresh, and... You're just going to have to weep together, yeah. but it takes a huge toll out of us. Yesterday, I was supposed to get some, I had I had some letters to write. I had paperwork I had to get done, things to put in place, phone calls to make. I had a busy day yesterday, and I couldn't do it. Hit the wall. I hit the wall. And so I just left the house. I went up on, into the mountain. And a friend of mine has a sawmill. And so I just went up there and I didn't think he was going to be home because he's, he had uh, appointments and, but his appointments got canceled and I didn't know it. So I get up there to his house and I was just going to go and, and use his sawmill and, and cut up wood. And I pull in and he's there and he's working on some stuff. And I was like, Hey man, I'll help you finish it. And he goes, no, I got it. I got, no, let's just do it. So we knocked out his stuff. And then we went over to the sawmill and I started, uh, we started getting things ready and I told him we were talking and I said, I said, man, look, I just, I just hit a wall. Like I'm, I had to, I had to just walk away 
right? Because I couldn't do no more. I couldn't take no more. I just hit this wall. So for me, my escape was let me go find something where nobody's around that I can just be by myself, but accomplish something. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it was just, yeah. I needed that getaway. That's what I do in the garden. Yeah, exactly. We need the getaway. I'd prefer and, a sawmill, but <laughs> like that's a garden. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, I, I was like, that was my, that was my distraction from my emotional pain. pain. And unfortunately others don't, the healthy route that I, I shared all that to say this, we all go through this, but we, you know, listen, I have God, I have Jesus Christ as my savior. So when I'm up there and I was, I was milling, uh, I'm becoming a Sawyer <laughs> and I was, <laughs> and I was milling and doing all this stuff. And man, I was just talking to God and I was praying and, and I was, I was taking all this junk that I couldn't do anymore. I was just done. I was mentally and emotionally done. And I handed it over to God while I was milling. And then when I get done, I'm like, okay, I can get back to work now. Mm -hmm. And, and unfortunately people are using cutting and self-harm rather than the healthy methods uh, to, to do this. But listen, prior to Jesus, I was using very unhealthy methods. Yeah, me too. Just, just like, I mean, it, my point is you and I both understand what it is to hurt ourselves when we have when we don't know Jesus. Well, you brought in a huge scriptural principle, whether we're saved or unsaved, we have pain mm -hmm. and there's provision made in Christ f to deal with our pain in a healthy way. Well, we can grow through our pain, make meaning out of our pain and God will, with the uh, pain, make a way of escape that you yeah. may be able to bear it. When I'm in that pain, you know, I go to my garden or I have some friends, you know, I've gone to you and dumped all over you and you've come to me and dumped all over me. And like you said, last week I dumped all over you. <laughs> but man, what an, what a privilege, what an honor to, right. to be a friend and, and have friends because it's a, it's a two way thing. When I'm, when I'm down, I need to talk to somebody. I'm, I'm calling my friends. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but you're people, picking it, you're picking a healthy way. Well, to because get it. we have Christ and right. people without Christ, right. they have this pain. And when I, you know, we've had some kidney stone pains oh when God. you're in pain, all you can think about is not being in pain. <laughs> Give whether, me a way out. Yeah. And when you have this emotional societal pain and you don't have Christ guiding you, you don't have the positive ways to, to deal with your pain. Then the enemy comes in like a flood mm -hmm and gives people Great a point. false uh, sense of relief. It is a relief, mm -hmm. but it's, it's only making things worse and making the despair greater. Mm -hmm. And yeah, because now we've added on in matter of fact, in my notes, just to go on in there, the act of self harm temporarily resolves our, our issues, right? Uh, our emotional angst is a relief, uh, but it's so short lived. And then guess what follows? guilt and shame and it escalates so you have to cut deeper and harder and bring more blood and it more pain uh more just because now you have the problem but because you're guilt and shame satan escalates the problem which escalates worse. the the yeah. the deeper emotional pain which escalates the 
deeper physical abuse. Makes me despise Satan. Oh my goodness, right? And, despise and, him. And that's literally people will harm themselves over perceived faults or lack of confidence in who they are, or they think they're ugly when they're absolutely beautiful. And whether it's male or female, I'm just saying that the people themselves are absolutely beautiful, but they can't see their own beauty. And they have, they feel no value. They feel no value because either, uh, by influence of others, and then they've convinced themselves that the others are right. And it's absolutely so shameful. And so let me, let me say this. You might recognize self-harming behaviors uh, in someone if, if you're noticing scratches, bruises, burn marks, cut marks on their body. You might see a pattern of scars as evidence of past harmful behavior where, and, and like you said, they roll their sleeve up because literally they cut in lines. There's a pattern. Is, there's a pattern there, they right? count. <laughs> And as the as the the scars accumulate, it's just um, it's it's kind of like a badge of almost like a badge of dishonor. Yeah, yeah. You might notice uh, long sleeves, long pants, even in hot weather, because we got to hide it, right? You may notice emotional signs, uh, difficulty in relationships, or you hear someone talking about how hopeless and helpless they are. So you'll, you'll see this or you'll hear this. So self-harm uh, tends to be more associated with teenagers and young adults, but it does occur uh, in all age groups and genders. Nobody, nobody seems to be exempt from this self-harm, whether it's cutting or, or whatever the abuse looks like. Yeah, you know, it just popped into my mind. Uh, eating disorders kind of fall in the same pattern as well. Yes. Uh, Self-mutilation. Um, what is it where they purge themselves? I'm just... Oh, yeah. The, uh, bulimia. Bul- yeah, bulimia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's sad, yeah. but it's just a, another form of it. That, that Like when I was uh, in high school, uh, the fir- uh, Karen Carpenter had the eating disorder and it just totally freaked us out because we loved her so much. She was beautiful and she was talented. She used to sing songs that touched our heart. And couldn't even see it. And, and it, yeah, and nobody could talk her out of it. And, and she wound up dying of it. It's so sad. But this is, it all goes together. Yeah. yeah. It's all part of the Satan just destroying people of, of, of the beauty of the, of the creation that God made them to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, self-harm is often associated with uh, disorders, anxiety. Right, we were talking about anxiety, depression, bipolar, uh, post-traumatic stress. Uh, you know, we witness something, oh, and you, you have it in the notes: eating disorders. Yeah, eating Sorry, disorders. No, ahead. no, dude, you're right. You're good. Borderline, uh, borderline personality schizophrenia. That's a that's a big. We don't know who we are. We've lost our identity. Right. Um, obsessive compulsive disorder, and and just I mean, we can go on and on with all these different. Uh, disorders that happen and i'm telling you it is create uh, boy i hate to say this but it is created by society mm-hmm. and it starts when we're young it does absent dad uh, mom that's working two jobs to survive not not raising their own kids it, that's um it's epidemic in well and here's what you got you ha- you have a parent that hates themselves they got disorders and so what do they do they teach your children how and to they do don't the even same realize they're doing it don't even know they're doing and it. and the ten commandments has got you know those that are in violation outside of god's boundaries they pass this on to the third and fourth generation 
Yeah, and then if you try Jesus to can if, fix it, we're going to get to the good news here. Yeah, then we way. try to tell them or help, and and it doesn't it doesn't work. Listen, I want you to know God is more than big enough to help handle or to take care of these emotions and these disorders. And we're switching gears to victory. Yeah, He is big enough to free us. Yeah, right. He's big enough to free us. But here's the thing: turning to Him is paramount. But this it's your only hope. I'm going to be honest with you. That's it, right? I've never heard anybody come out of these behaviors outside of Jesus. Right. I've never heard it. Right. And I'm listening. Well, and, and if they do, it's only because they've learned how to deal with it. It's not because they've been delivered from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big point. You know, uh, the biggest step of, of healing is to put our trust in Jesus Christ. There's no other way. I'm just going to tell you guys, uh, our own hope separated from God is no hope. (laughs) I remember getting saved. I didn't feel the need to get high that night. I didn't feel the need to get high the next day because I felt like I was naturally high now. I, I, gave, I did the same thing. I threw all the drugs out. I threw all the alcohol out. I threw the porn tapes out. I threw everything out yeah. when I got saved. Yeah, I didn't do the porn tapes until the next day. I didn't have tapes in those days. But, yeah, uh, you had magazines. Yeah. <laughs> then I waited till 5 o'clock the next morning. First thing, got up first light in Ohio in June. <laughs> June 9th, got saved June 18th, June 19th, 5 a.m. There was a fire in our, yeah. our burn barrel back in the back. But you see, Christ meets our needs. And then these things that were just plaguing us yes, and binding us and controlling us and destroying us just in Jesus. It was was just victory and it it was no hype. It wasn't anybody trying to psych me out or, or pump me up or fill my sails full of self-confidence. No, it was just Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. Well, here's what we got. God provides a way, John 3, 16 and uh, 3, 16 through 18 for God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. I think everybody's heard that passage, Mm -hmm. but how important it is to hear it again, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn you, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned. That be saved. You know, we talk about you know, everlasting life, going to heaven, not going to hell, be saved. But you know what? I think it carries even good safe from self, safe from oh, these vices. Think about that. So it's like double saved, safe from self, safe from sin. Yeah. Safe for eternity. There's Thank a lot you, of salvation in there, isn't oh, it? Boy, that man, it's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. 18, he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And the condemnation doesn't start when death happens. Condemnation begins now. It's it's in process. It is in. Uh, Jesus' sacrifice was sufficient payment for us. 1 Corinthians 15 Three through seven, for I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried and he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that, he had been seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. I'm telling you, Jesus' sacrifice uh, was sufficient payment for our sins. He died and he rose and we have witnesses that said he rose, he lives again and he lives for us to live with him. 
to and comes to live inside of us to take oh, the place man. of what we are, to trade his love for our lust, yeah. his grace for our greed, his plenty for our poverty, his wisdom for our folly. I remember going to Cook Road Baptist Church, all decked out my hippie paraphernalia and all that stuff, a car full of drugs and booze, and and going in, check it out, man, you know, and um, I was welcomed out. Guy said, I hope you'll find what you're looking for. I knew they wanted me to come back, and I was hooked. And um, I remember them telling me, well, you're a sinner. Jesus is the Savior. I'm thinking, dude, you know, okay, yeah. I heard about that a long time ago. I got problems, man. That was 2,000 years ago. I'm doing drugs today. I tried to fail, tried to fail to get off. And I said, you know, you're telling me about this Jesus guy, and, you know, he died. And I'm so glad they told me about him. <laughs> so how about this? When the guy said, I hope, I hope you find what you're looking for. He already knew what you were looking he for. He did. And it spoke to me. It's like, how'd you know I'm looking for something? Yeah. He knew what you were looking for. He was for, ahead of me. But he, he knew it was in me. Jesus too. He knew that he was confident that he had it and I needed it. Yeah. And he was glad and he was hopeful that I'd find it too. And that, right. man, that hooked me. I was, well, I'm coming back to this place. Right. And when we put our faith in Jesus we become a child of God, John 1, 12 through 13. But as many as received him, Jesus, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Uh, man, what promises, right? Everything that we have done that have gone against God is forgiven. Every, every shame that you carry God says he'll take. We find in Ephesians 1, 3 through 10, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now, I want to clarify this passage because people say, well, see, God chose us so everyone's going to heaven. No, no, no. He chose the entire world so that we have opportunity to go to heaven, but we have to on purpose choose him in response to get there. As many as received him, yes. them he gives this power. We have to on purpose receive Jesus Christ. It doesn't just sneak up on you and grab you and you're in. He knocks at the door, you open. You have to make a conscious decision. Verse 5, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him, Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he had made abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Verse 9, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in, his, in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in earth in him. And so, guys, I just want you to know that he forgives all things and made a way for us to be with him. Listening to you read that, I'm, here it screams to me, God had a plan. And he includes you and I and our, he includes all of us in his plan. It's a fabulous plan. I love this little phrase. Did it ever occur to you that nothing has, has ever, ever occurred, occurred to, to God? <laughs> this isn't something that just snuck up and, oh, I got to do it. This is a plan from the beginning. And God right. could see you and I in our struggles, Johnny, our backgrounds. He could see us there. And he had this plan to kind of, he's going to come and knock on the door of our heart one day. What a glorious day that was. And we opened it and, and that's, that's where it begins. Yeah. And then we're no longer a slave to, to fear. We're no longer a slave to guilt. 
he sets us free. Yeah. We're given the Holy Spirit of God that lives inside of us. That is what sets us free. It's where the power comes That's from. That's the power, right? Ephesians 1, 13 through 14. In him, him being Jesus, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed. Mm-hmm. See, that's the, that's, that's the key. You having have to believe. believe. Once you believe, you get the Holy Spirit. That's what it goes on. Having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the Holy Spirit of God, who is the guarantee. <sighs> guarantee. The guarantee of what? Our inheritance. What's our inheritance? Everything that the Father owns, we have an inheritance to. Joint heirs with Christ. Oh, look at it, man. It's just amazing, right? Until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. We're given the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us once we believe, and then we get the victory. So we've gone from darkness and cutting in to light. To light. Now, in him, our lives now have meaning and purpose. I believe without question that is why we go on a path of destruction is because we fail to see um, that our life has meaning and purpose. And so what do we do? We get so depressed that we got to find a way to feel again. When, but when you're in Christ and you're living in Christ, all of a sudden you do it God's way and you're not looking for the pain anymore because there's so much pleasure in Christ. What amazed me living through this transition, this transformation is I didn't figure it out. It just welled up within me mm-hmm. a, a, a well, a well of living water, if you please. And he changed my thinking from, from within. It right. wasn't something that uh, I learned about that and I connected the dots. I figured it out and I, purposed in myself that I will get through. No, it was deliverance. Yes. It, well, and that's the thing, right? There were still temptations and some failures along the way. But we have our struggles. Listen, yeah, just because you're born again or you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're saved, however you want to see it or say it, just because that doesn't mean that we are free from struggles. But what it means is we have a way out. John sixteen thirty three. These things I have spoken to you, this is Jesus talking now, that in me and him, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. Don't be shocked. Don't be surprised. You're going to have this struggle, right? But here's what I love. He says, but be of good cheer. Mm -hmm. Be of good cheer. Why? Because I have overcome the world. And if you're in me, you'll overcome the world. Be of good cheer. Abide in me. And I will abide abide in in you. you. James 1, 2 through 4, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Again, we see that when he says my brethren, he's like, hey, Christian, hey, believer. You got the power. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Now, we don't want patience, but we do want patience, and patience only comes from trials. (laughs) But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Listen, we got to go through trials to learn and grow. But Christ says, I'll carry you through the trials so that you will be complete, lacking nothing. The, the trials are stepping stones to victory and growth. And, and without Christ, right. the, the trials just destroy us. See, 
And then the trials come our way as a Christian, and we have a way out, and that's Jesus through the Holy Spirit. But if you don't know Jesus and trials comes your way after a while, if you can't handle them or you fall, and then you go start leaning toward uh, self-harm because you're looking for a way out, and Jesus says, I, I'm, I am that way out. It's, it's in me. Come on to me, all you are heavy laden, burdened. Come to me. I I'll will give, give you rest. So I just I want you to see us in Christ. First uh, Peter one six through nine. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. The genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Listen, as you go through the trials, you got Jesus. Do you notice the mood swing in our Bible study today? Oh, my goodness, <laughs> Went man. from darkness to light, it, from destruction to, to glory. And if you really want to see what it's going to look like, and that our lives have meaning and purpose, read Revelation for time. We won't, obviously, but read Revelation chapters 21 and 22. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Got some promises waiting us. Oh, so cool. Uh, and we know that he is with us every day. Listen, you know why you cut and you self-harm? is because you think you're alone. And if you have Christ, you're not alone. Amen. John 14, 15 through 21. If you love me, keep my commandments. I will pray the Father and he will give you another help or he will give you the Holy Spirit that may, he may abide with you forever. forever. But then he goes on. I love this. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for mm-hmm. he dwells with you and will be in, in you. you. I will not leave you orphans. Oh, your family. <laughs> look at the pro- guys. Look at the hope and the promise. Why would you live without this and take cutting and self mutilization over a family and a father that loves you? And we, we got verse 18. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. I will come to you. I, I just want you to see that you're not alone. Uh, a little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live. You will live also. Man, what promises we have. Uh, John 14, 26 through 27. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace, peace. That's what people are looking for. There it is. There's the result. And he says, peace I will leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Hallelujah. Jesus is promising everything that you're hurting yourself to find. I remember the freedom that came. And then and when you get that freedom, all you can think about is sharing with other people. I, I, I know it was Cat Stevens who did not know Jesus, but he said, I can't keep it in. Yeah. I got to get it out. The yeah. world's got to see. See all the love. I said, I can't keep it in. And that's how I feel. It, well, because that's what that's what Christ gives us, yeah. right? Listen, you're not alone. And people who know Jesus as their Savior, they struggle. We struggle. But we need to remind ourselves of who God is and who we are in him. We find out who God is 
uh, and what he says by reading his word, Genesis 16, 13. Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees. For she said, have I also here seen him who sees me? Man, God, if you notice here, she speaks to God, God speaks to her. And then she says, you are the God who sees. You are the God who witnesses me. Beautiful and wonderfully made. Oh my goodness. Exodus three fourteen. And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. I'm going to tell you, God says, I am with you and I am. I'm it. And what's what we see? He talks to us. He's with us. Psalm 103. If you would read Psalm 103, oh man. And and I know, I know we're gonna we're over time, but it's my podcast. Here we go. <laughs> <clears throat> hey, uh, Psalm 103, a Psalm of David. And of course, David went through struggles. Yeah, fairness. but he knew God. Got back up when he got knocked out of the saddle. And this is what he says. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Oh, dude, man. <laughs> who doesn't, who, you're looking, I'm giving you deliverance. Through the word of God, verse five, I, I, I don't even care if we go over. I don't even care. Look here. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your mouth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. And then he goes on, but he's with us. He wants to deliver us, but you've got to step up and believe and give yourself to Christ and all the promises of deliverance that we are looking for mm -hmm. as human beings is right there in Jesus Christ. I listened to Mick Jagger sing for 52 years. I can't get no satisfaction. I'm like, yo, Mick, I do. I got it. Jesus yeah. gave it to me. How about Psalm 136? Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods, capital G of little G's, for his mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords for his mercy endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, his mercy endures forever. To him who by wisdom made the heavens, his mercy endures forever. To him who laid out the earth above the waters, his mercy endures forever. To him who made great lights, his mercy endures forever and ever. And it goes on and on and on. And I'm telling you, if you're looking for peace, you're only going to find it in the one whose mercy endures forever. Eyes on self, eyes on this world. You're alone, you're in the dark, you're cutting, you're in despair. Eyes on Jesus. Forget about it. Praise, adoration, worship. You worship your way through victory in Jesus. That's what I'm saying. How about Hebrews 13, 5 through 6? Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself, Christ, has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? I'm telling you, the promises that we have. Oh, I can't. Uh. <sighs> 
God is so good. Look, we can bring our pain to him through prayer. Psalm Amen. 42, Psalm 46, Psalm 62. You are armed. The book of Dangerous. Job, the book of Lamentations, 1 Kings 19, Luke 11, 9 through 13. We can make this a two-hour podcast, John. Hebrew. I know. <laughs> I should have. You need, really. to land this, you need to land this plane. I'm close. <laughs> I'm close. Uh, I want to give you the scriptures. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, and 1 Peter 5, 7 all talk about giving what we have to Christ through prayer. I'm going to read 1 Peter 5, 17. Casting all your your care care upon upon him, him. for he cares for you, the God of the universe. Mm -hmm. He'll meet you where you are. He loves us. He cares for us. He desires us. Mm -hmm. He died for us. He he desires us so much he paid the ultimate price. God the Father paid the ultimate price by letting his son be absolutely abused by man and killed by man so that he could purchase us. Set us free from Satan. I'm getting the set idea. Set us free. I'm getting the idea. John Westfall loves Jesus. Oh my goodness, dude! How do you not get excited about this? And then God gives us a family of believers. Galatians six two, bear one another's burdens, and so so fulfill the law of Christ. We need to bear one another's burdens. Yeah, that's what this is all about. Yeah. How about Galatians six nine through ten? And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap. If we do not lose heart, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of God. In Romans 10, 19 through 25, I can't read it all, but you can go back. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, having boldness because (laughs) Duke, the promises of God to deliver us, to set us free, to strengthen us, Man, to put us on top of the mountain with him. That is all in the scriptures, man, if someone will just surrender. By a new verse 20, by a new and living way which he, God, consecrated for us through the veil that is the flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. So you're recommending people give their heart to Jesus, is that right? I am recommending, <laughs> right? I, I'm just saying, it, guys, listen, we have been promised so much, and we have been given so much. Cash in on it, man. Yeah, right. Cheers. Reach out to fellow believers for support. Find practical ways to stop engaging in harmful behavior. Stop being alone as much. Get out in company. You, right. This stuff never happens in public. People don't have, I don't think too much often having cutting, you know, parties, you know. Yeah. Um, guys, let me encourage you. Uh, get a counselor, uh, preferably a Christian counselor, and uh, or but any counselor that understands that harmful cutting uh, and and self-mutilation doesn't help. If you find a Christian counselor, they can point you to Jesus because he's your true hope, your only hope. But, man, he'll deliver you. And so let me encourage you to do that. Um, Self-harm is a serious issue, uh, but it's not insurmountable. Guys, I want you to know 
Healing and recovery are possible with God, Amen. along with the support of loved ones, medical professionals, and trusted spiritual advisors. But let me say this, the spiritual advisors need to be those who believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I want to encourage you, you're not alone. I also want to encourage you that God loves you, desires you, wants you to be with him. Surrender your life to Christ. And if you're already surrendered to Christ, take the time to get to know who God is. And you'll realize you don't need to hurt yourself to be loved because he loves you already. Hey guys, I hope this podcast has helped you. And if it has, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. And until next week, God bless.